Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adeumi again. I'm going through the Gospel of John. We are now in chapter 16. And like I said in the earlier chapters, Apostle John must have read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and he saw that there are many things missing that are key important for the body of Christ, especially the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ meant when he said some things. And you see that mostly in the Gospel of John. Now in chapter 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16, 17. Those are mostly from chapter 14, actually, 13 from chapter 13. They are teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ in the, in the upper room, the last, in, the, in the last supper, or after the last supper. So that they are already later edition in chapter 15 and chapter 16. Now, let's go to chapter 16. My prayer, the Lord Jesus will give us utterance and give us uh, insight in some of these things that he was teaching us. Amen. Chapter 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. Now, the Lord was making it up front. He didn't tell them this when he called them. They say, he, and he will, tell, he will say it in the next verse that he didn't tell you this earlier on, but now that he's going to leave. And they are going to continue the work. He was telling them up front that this will be allowed. Not that the devil has power to do all this and God cannot handle it. No. It will be allowed. God will allow persecution. Part of it is to try we that are preachers, to try the believers, to try anyone that follow Christ. Because he said that through much tribulation shall we enter this kingdom of God. When we suffer with Christ, because he suffered also, when we suffer with Christ, we shall then qualify. We de- we we are we we are, we say we 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 deserve to reign with Him. If we suffer with Him, then we shall reign with Him. See, we are worthy to reign with Him. It's what God said in the book of uh, in the in the book in the Bible. But, but we must be ready to suffer with Him. Whatever type of suffering, this, this one that He's talking about, He said the persecution will come. They will be sending Him out of synagogue, like they did to that. Uh, Man that was born blind, we read that in chapter, I think it was chapter 9 of John, where the man was born blind and Jesus Christ healed the man and the Pharisees said, how did he do it for you? How did he get you to be healed? And the man was saying that you have told you already, why are you here again? And the man, in the end, he just cast the man, I don't come to synagogue anymore because he was believing Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus Christ said, the time is coming, those who are, will be killing the apostles will think they are doing God's service. Because they think these people are, are blasphemies, just like they thought Jesus Christ was blaspheming also. So they will say these people are blaspheming and think they are doing God's service by killing the blasphemers. And it's still happening up to now. Look at some religion, the Muslim especially, the Islamic religion. They will take somebody who blasphemed their, their religion or blaspheme their prophet Muhammad and, and want to stone the person and want to kill the person. A believer that tells them that Jesus Christ is the only way and Muhammad is not, they will think he blasphemed against Muhammad also. And then they will be trying to kill them. 
Some of the people that give their life to Jesus Christ, their parents want to kill them. That's what Jesus Christ said. They will be continue to kill. They think they are doing God's service. They will think they are doing their God Allah service by killing the Christians. And it's happening in many other places, even in, in, in London, Nigeria, where these Boko Haram and all those uh, jihadists were thinking they are doing their God Allah service by killing the non-Muslims non or, or Christians. So this is what Jesus Christ was warning the apostles about. He told them up front so that we know what is coming. And we are ready for it. Ready to lay down our life for him. If we know what we are following, that we are the ones who go to inherit this planet Earth and live for it and reign forever and ever, not just for some time. How many years can you reign? Can you live on that right now? 100? 200? Nobody's living up to more than 100. Some are not even living up to 100. But eternity is bigger than that, longer than that. And God is promising us eternity because He's going to raise up all the Christians that are killed or crucified or dead at the end, and they are going to live forever on this planet Earth. What a bargain. So don't trade that uh, eternity for just a, a few years or not when they try to persecute you. So Jesus Christ said, the, the, the time comes when whosoever killed you will think that he doeth God's service. Verse 3. I'm reading Gospel of John chapter 16, verse 3. Says, and these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father, nor me. So these people that said their religion said they should kill those who are not believing their religion, they have not known God. Even the same thing with the people that are following Judaism, thinking they have to kill those who are whom they think are blaspheming. They have not known God. God is love. He allowed Adam to choose. He's not going to compare you. You have free will to choose what you want to follow. Of course, there is a judgment at the end. At the end of the world. There's going to be a judgment. But right now, feel free to choose whatever you like. If you don't want to follow, it's your, it's your choice. But for people to kill you because you don't want to follow their religion, that is, they don't know God. That's what Christ said. They don't know God. If they know the Father, that God is love, they will not be doing that to Christians. That's why these uh, Islamic jihadists are killing Christians because they think uh, these Christians are not believing their, uh, their religion. And, they, and Christ said the same way when the Judaism was killing the Christians in the days of the Pharisees uh, and Apostles, thinking that these people are blaspheming. They will be killing you thinking they are doing God's service. So, but they, do, they are doing those because they do not know God nor me, Christ, which is the King of love. Verse 4. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. So he didn't tell them this when he was with Because why would you tell them? If I say, come and follow me, but yeah, you, they will kill you for following me. People will run back, no sir. They will run back, they don't want to come. But see, it's calling you to something great, something great. Look, just think of the apostles. By, by these fishermen following the Lord Jesus Christ, even though many of them were key for it, their names were inscribed on the foundation of the city of God. That is going to come down in the end and be eternal, forever. So it's almost like being promoted to a great position forever and ever. Some people are just fishermen. We say, well, but they were killed or not. Yeah, but God is going to raise them up at the last day. So that's what God is saying. Don't fear those that can kill the body and they can do no more. But fear him who is not only just able to kill the body, but also we sow the soul into the lake or into the, into the hell. That's what we should fear. And then if you fear God and even they kill you right now in the world, 
for your faith. He said, God is going to raise all the Christians up from the dead, and they will live forever and ever. That's it with millennial reign of Christ on earth. So, this is a great bargain. Verse 5. He said, But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asked me whither goes thou. Now, that's verse 5 that was reported there could have been earlier on because. He said, none of you asked me would have gone down. That could have been said earlier. But see, when Apostle John was writing this, was reposting re- it, could have, re- could have put that one there, which parish would have put earlier on. Because you see in another place where he said, the Apostle Peter said, where, where are you going? And where he said, you, where I'm going, you cannot call, you cannot follow me. And, and that would have been, that was in earlier chapter also. I said, why, why cannot I follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. That is in chapter 13. Apostle said, where are you going? He said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me right now. He said, why cannot I follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. So that was in chapter 13. So Apostle John, who was re- recording this many years after it had been done. So Apostle John wrote this book maybe 50 years. Because he said, live longer than them all. Maybe 50 years after the crucifixion. So this Bible verse he puts in verse in verse uh, five and say, no, none of you asked me whether goes down. Most likely would have, have been put way before Peter said where where goes down. Also, but anyway, that was where Apostle John put that Bible. Maybe when he remembered, he put it down there. Verse six. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. But if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This is a key point. The Lord is saying he needs to go away. He has ministered for three or three and a half years. And he said he needs to go away from the earth so that he can send the Holy Spirit down that we continue to walk through the apostles now, through we believers now. The Holy Ghost will be said that if he does not go away, what means? Because he is limited as a, as a physical human being. But when he comes back, he's going to feed all believers. And with distributing his, himself to all of us believers, we can do signs and wonders as Holy Ghost leads. And that's why I say he needs to go away and then send the Holy Spirit to all of us. He says it is good for us for him to go away. Otherwise, the Holy Ghost cannot come. He says, why? Because the Holy Ghost is, the Bible said, the fullness of the God was in him bodily. But now, when he goes away, he can distribute that fullness into all believers. Like, like a flow of water. Everybody take two cups, three cups, five cups. Everybody's drinking from the same ocean. And everybody's filled with the, with the with water of the Holy Spirit, Holy, Holy Spirit water. So that's why I say he has to go away and come back in another format, in form of the Holy Spirit. And that is what the Lord was alluding to, verse 8. And he said, when the Holy Ghost is come, when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And he's going to explain what he meant by that. He's going to rep- the Holy Ghost will reprove the world and he's going to convict them. He said, of sin because they believe not on me. That is, he's going to make them see that they have sinned because they did not believe on Jesus Christ, which is the only hope. God sent a hope for us. The only hope uh, for us to be saved is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. They that do not believe, they are condemned. So that's what the Holy Ghost will convict the world of how is he convicting the world? 
by the preaching when people preach it as if Jesus as you crucify is the Messiah. They may not believe it, but see, they are they have the testimony, they have the they have the witness that uh, that is being preached to them. So the Holy Ghost is convicting the world, reproving the world of that sin that they refuse to accept the Messiah. Because if you don't accept the antidote for sin, the whole world has been beaten by the snake of sin from Adam. But God has brought an antidote. I take this my son into you, and the poison of sin will be destroyed from your soul. That is what it is. But if people, people refuse the antidote, they will die in their sin and go to the lake of fire with the devil. So the Holy Ghost is to convict the world and say, You refuse this solution, you are you are on your own, you are going to the lake of fire. But those that accepted Christ are delivered from that poison of sin, which is the snake bite. The snake bite of sin. He said, he also he reproved the word of righteousness because I go to my father. And you see me no more. He's going to make the world see that Jesus Christ is righteous. He's now the son. He's now in the, at the right hand of God. He's going to, the Holy Ghost, walking in the world through the apostles, will show to the world that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God doing these signs and wonders through these apostles. And also, it's going, to judge, it's going to reprove the word of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. That is, the Satan and all his course is going to be, uh, they are judged because they have done these evil things and clearly, they are, they are condemned. Verse 12 I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. That's how the logic said, well, he has been saying so many things after this supper, and many of them are now sorrowful because he told them that they are going to be killed also. That people will, people will kill them, they will think they are doing God's service. That is going to make them sad. So, with that sadness, there's no way you can say anything much more to them that the sadness is, is going to over, cover those things. They won't be able to remember it. Or they won't, it, won't, it won't make sense to them. So, that's why he said he has many things to say, but we have to kind of postpone it. So, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. That's verse 12 of John chapter 16. But I'll be it, that is, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Lord said he will defy any other thing he wanted to teach the apostles to when the Holy Ghost shall come upon them. The Holy Spirit is in us. Not just living around us, it's inside us. It's going to be living inside us. And that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that He sent to the believers. Started from the day of Pentecost for the apostles. And everyone that is believing Christ right now, when we pray for them and lay our hand upon them, they also are filled with the Holy Ghost when they have believed. It is Jesus Christ that is filling believers with the Holy Ghost, not we preachers. But sometimes He sends the preacher and say, Lay your hand upon them and I will fill them. And when we lay our hand, you're just going to fill them with the Holy Spirit. And then they also will speak in tongues. Heavenly language. That we used to we speak to the Father. And they also will have the fruits of uh, some manifestation of the gifts as the Holy Ghost prefers. So when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of Himself. Whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. The Holy Ghost also is the one that shows us things to come by visions, by dreams. By prophecy, then knows what is ahead of us that we cannot see. And God has seen, but He will tell you everything. Tell you what you need to know. Need to know that palace is for you, or for you to pray for some nations, or to pray for your 
for the believer, for the believers. So the Lord God said, the Holy Spirit will be showing us things to come as he, as he desires. Verse 14. I'm reading Gospel of John chapter 16. I'm in verse 14. He shall glorify me. That is the Holy Spirit shall glorify Christ. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father asks are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So he, the Lord Jesus kept telling us that the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon us, he will show us things to come. He will receive of things of, that belong to Christ and show it to us, almost like what is in heaven. And many things that the Lord, what he meant is that many times, uh, like uh, Apostle John saw the new Jerusalem that's already built. He saw it in a vision that he reported in the book of Revelation chapter 21 and 22. See, that is receiving of mine. So everything that the Father has, that God has, is belongs to Christ because he's, he's God manifesting in the flesh. So, but the Holy Spirit will be showing us whatever he wants to show us. The Lord has showed me many things. Sometimes I was flying in the sky and I landed in a place that looked like another planet. And he showed to me how I get there. He showed to me the, the, what I thought was stars. They are like big pillars of light. Pillars of a, of, of, of a building where on top of the building was a, a searchlight that was shining into the sky, almost into the sky, almost like a, what do you call, searchlight. But at a distance, they look at stars. And that was like a direction point. And why did not show me that? It's the, the Holy Ghost will show you, take things off mine and show it to you. Me, me, an engineer person, he showed me to make me to see that. Think about this, engineer. This is what is over here. And then I have recorded some of this, I've reported it in some of my writing. That when I landed in that place, I was bouncing up and down like a ball, which means I was on another planet. Or I was in the spirit. Which I will take one or two. Whatever you want to take out of this. So maybe I was in, in the spirit and they are in the physical. And I will, I will relate that in another experience. That was Holy Ghost showing, taking the things of Christ and showing to me that hey, there are people over here or something that's always showing to me. Which you cannot know except the Lord take you there. And someone said, is it, could it be that I landed in another section of this planet Earth? No, that doesn't look like planet Earth. Why was I bouncing up and down? If it is planet Earth. And I went to the room and I couldn't see myself in the mirror. So which means I was there in the spirit. See? So that is one of the things why God is showing to me, to me that what does your science tell you about this? <laughs> so, and we, we have analyzed that and said we most likely there are people that are living in another planet or under galaxy that God just took me over there to go and experience them. I was there in the spirit. That's, so you can't even get out of this planet in, in the spirit except God takes you out of there. Also, except God takes you out of this planet. We are almost like in a enclosure here that you can't say you find yourself landed on Jupiter unless somebody, an angel or, or God take you out of this planet to Jupiter. Even in the spirit. So think about that. You can't get out of this planet to another planet, Jupiter, Mars, even in the spirit. Unless God take you there or an angel was told to take you there in the spirit. So when I say I, saw, I had that experience that I was landed in a place that I most likely was there in the spirit and they were there physically. How do I know they are there physically? Because I went to their like, like a, a, something looked like a bathroom and I saw a mirror on the wall and I couldn't see myself. 
I look at the mirror, I didn't see myself. What happened? I, I touched the mirror. Then somebody came behind me, I saw that person in the mirror. Look, somebody was behind me, but I couldn't see myself. And I, and I knew that something strange here. But when I woke up in that vision, and I started analyzing it, and I said to the people that I was talking to in the prison, I said, listen, as we are gathered here in this room, angels are here. We cannot see them, but they can see us also. But they are spirits, and we are in the physical in this room. If there's a mirror here, standing, a standing mirror, the angel may see the mirror, but he, he, the angel may look into the mirror, he won't see himself, because he is invisible to the mirror, invisible to us. So he's invisible to the mirror. But the angel may be able to see our image, if we come to the mirror, he may see the mirror, he may see the image of us in the mirror, but he couldn't see himself because he is a spirit in the physical world that we are in. So that's why I concluded that I must have been in that place in the spirit. And they were there in the physical form. That's why I couldn't see myself in the mirror, but I saw the man that came behind me. I saw his image in the mirror that made me look back and say, yeah, somebody was behind me, but I didn't see myself in the mirror. So you see what God was telling me, showing me that and say, hey, engineer, what do you think about this with your physics? So I begin to analyze it, well, that must be the only reason, the only thing that I was there in the spirit, like angels were here, and that's why I couldn't see myself in their mirror. But they were in their, in their other physically, that's all, the only thing I can say is they are there physically. So that means to me then, that there are living places somewhere in the universe, living of physical beings. If there are no physical beings, where do you think Enoch was taken to? Enoch. He was taken out of this planet in a physical body somewhere. What about Elijah the prophet? The shadow took him and took him somewhere in the physical. It has to be physical because Jesus Christ came down and said, No man has ascended to heaven. No man has ascended up to heaven. Is what Jesus Christ said. After Enoch, after Elijah, he said, no man has ascended up to heaven. You see that in John chapter 3. He said, except he, the son of man that descended from heaven. He came down from heaven. And he said, no man has ascended. So which means he not didn't go to the heaven where Christ came from. Elijah was not taken to the heaven where Christ came from. Definitely, he must have been taken to another world. Just reason with that. They must have been taken to another world. Physical, physical planet. Maybe where the Lord took me in that vision was another world like that, where they are living. But the mystery was that when I landed there in the physical, whoever was following with me was able to hold me down. Which means that fellow was able to hold my spirit down on the, on the floor because I was bouncing up and down like this. And then he held me down and made me to stabilize on the ground. I said, well, I can walk now. So I walk around and follow him. So that means the person was able to physically see me and spiritually see me. Because if an angel comes by me right now, unless the angel manifests, I cannot see him. But if he touches me, I will feel the hand of an angel. Only if I if 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 he have if he don't make me to feel it. But I may not see him, but I could I will be able to feel his hand. So somebody was able to hold me down and I was seeing the person, and the person was seeing me. So whether the person is just a spirit, like I was in the spirit, but he held me down. But I followed the fellow and went to the place. That's where I went to that bathroom. And that was the first place I went to. The Lord wanted me to say, what do you think about this scientist? <laughs> that's what the Lord, that's what I believe the Lord was making me to show you. He said, he just said, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost will show you, of, take things of mine and show it unto you. 
So I'm glad that the Lord showed that to me so that I can relate to the to the people of the world, to, to, to the believers. So, you will take things of mine, you shall glorify me. Verse 14 is what I'm reading, Gospel of John chapter 16. Say, the Holy Spirit shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Verse 16, a little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me. Because I go to the Father. Now, when he got to that verse 16, the apostles were going to ask him a question now. Verse 17 said, Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is it that he said unto us a little while? And you shall not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me. And because I go to the Father. So they said, therefore, what is this that he said a little while? We cannot tell what he said. So they are getting confused by this a little while you see me, a little while you will see me, a little while you see me. What does that mean, a little while? But Christ was going to explain for them, but he didn't tell them point back. I will explain what he meant by a little while in a moment. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me? Very, very, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Now, what was he talking about when he said a little while? What the Lord was saying is that from the time they were after the supper, he said a little while, that is for three days, you will see him. That's what he meant. When he was crucified, he was buried for three days. That's the little while that he meant. A little while, you will not see me. He said, well, they will be sorrowful. That's what he was saying when he said, well, what do you mean by a little while? He said, you will be sorrowful, and then the world will rejoice as the Pharisees will say, we got rid of this man. They are rejoicing. We got rid of this, uh, of this uh, man who called himself Christ. They were thinking, they were happy, the Pharisees, and the, that's the world. He said, the world will rejoice. They thought, well, we got rid of him. But a little while he said, come back. That's what he mean by a little while you will see me again. But now, not the old world, but only the disciples. So then he's going to the Father. That's what he means. I go to the Father. So that's why he said, Very, very, I said to you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned into joy, because after he resurrected and they saw him, after the three days is over, and he came and showed himself to them, they were excited and joyful now that somebody that you are weeping, that they kill him, is back, is alive. But he told them that I'm not going to be preaching about like before I'm going away. But he stayed with them for a while. For about 40 days, they said they were seeing him back and forth. Not every time sleeping with them and something. He would just show up. Because he was showing themselves to several people in different places. Many of them that are disciples that he wanted them to be gathered together with the apostles. They were going to send the Holy Ghost. For 40 days, he was manifesting himself to them. He may disappear and then come back some days later. And show them to them. That's what they were seeing as now they know he was, he's alive. It's not like they are seeing a ghost. He touched him. He's the same person that was crucified. You could see his hand, you could see the nail prints, and that is how the Lord can manifest him. He's been manifesting himself up till now to anyone that he wants to manifest to. But after those 40 days after he resurrected, that's the little why he said, A little why you will see me. Then because I go to the Father, now he's going to become the Father. And that's why he said, Because I go to the Father. Verse 20. Now, verse 21, I'm reading Gospel of John chapter 16, verse 21. It said, A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, 
because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish or joy that a man is born into the world. The Lord, he's always speaking parables. The question that what does he mean by a little while is still what he's explained to them. But he's using parables because it's like not trying to spell it out. Many times we spell things out because we are human beings, we just try to teach one another. Everything we know, we say it without trying to put it in parables. There was a time a lot of people are speaking parables. Because if you don't speak in parables, they, they, will be, they will be thinking, they will get everything you are saying and they will persecute you for what you say. But many times you wanted us to speak in parables, then we don't know how to put some of those things in parables. We, I'm saying our generation. So the Lord Jesus Christ was saying, anything he was saying, he was saying it in parables, like what he was saying, and I could have told them, well, when I mean a little while, means I will be dead. No, he didn't want to tell them I will be dead. Because he, he, he has told them that the Son of Man will be crucified, they were sad. So he just keeps saying his parable. A little while you will not see me, a little while you will see me. And I'll go to the Father. He said, A woman in travail is sorrowful when the labor pains has come, there's pain and all sorrow. But after the baby is born, it's like a relief. The labor pains is stopped, yeah. But whatever pain is still left, the joy that the baby is born, you can see the baby, that overwhelms the pain that is left. Because a woman that has just had a baby, the pain is still there, but not like the labor pain. The labor pain was agonizing. But once the baby is born, that labor pain is subsided. And any more pain and uh, thinking that still left in the in the body of the woman is overridden over, over, over by the newborn that you could see. Joy that the baby is here. Oh, look at our baby, so beautiful. So that's what Jesus Christ was using as the parable to describe what he was going to go through. That he was going to go through this travail and sorrow, but then when everything is over, there will be joy. Joy for the apostles that are sorrowful too, that they lost the master, but now there will be joy when they saw the master resurrected. See, a woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish or joy that a man is born into the world. Verse 22 says, And ye now therefore have sorrow, that is the apostles that were sad because he told them he's going away. So ye now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. And your joy no man taketh from you. That is, it's not a joy that will stop when, when he is killing again. No. It will be lasting joy now that we know he's alive. He, he, and he, that's why he went up into the sky in, before their eyes. He didn't just disappear and he didn't see me no more. He took them to the Mount Olive and told everything he wanted to tell them and blessed them and then they just gradually went up above their head, above this into the sky. And they were seeing him go up. So they know that where he is alive forever and also. When they saw him go up, somebody they touched, somebody they talked to, somebody they ate with them. He ate with them. They talk to him, they touch him, they know that he's a woman being physical flesh, just like he was walking with them before. He took that body out of the grave and talked to them for almost 40 days and coming back and forth and forth. And then he, and they all followed him to the Mount Olive for hours. They talk and talk and then he just blessed them and went up gradually. He didn't just disappear. Before their eyes, he went up so they know that he's alive. And he's going to be alive forevermore and he's going to come back. So like the angel said, this same Jesus will come back. In like manner. So the apostles are now going to be happy, joyful for the, forever. It's not a joy that will be sad that, oh yeah, they kill him again. Because when somebody dies, people mourn also. But when it's alive forevermore, you, you, 
somebody go from this country to that country, you know he's somewhere in there, you can talk, communicate with him. He's you in Africa, he's in America. You can call back and forth now, also before you can call. Now you can talk back and forth on the phone. So you know he's alive, he's active. You can call him up, he can call you up. So you are not going to be sad because you he, he's in America. Well, you know he's alive. If you couldn't get hold of him and he's dead, then you will be sad also. So that is really why he said, Your joy, nobody will take it away from you because you see him. They saw him go up into the sky right before their eyes. So he said, Your joy, no man take it from you. Verse 23. And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So now the Lord is saying, He's now in the position of the Father. So you just ask the Father in my name. In the name of Jesus Christ, He said, You will get it. Is that all? If he ask nothing in my name, ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. So everything that has been saying has been in Proverbs. But the time coming when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. And that's what he said the Holy Spirit will do. He will show you things to come. And so he's the one that's going to show you because he's going to pass it through the Holy Ghost to us. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. Now, these next few verses are very important, that open the eyes of the believer, because they are still wondering, who is the Father, who is the Father, what are you talking about, where is the Father, you are not sure of the Father. So now he mentioned that, for the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. Now the eyes open. No, you are actually talking of God. As Father, verse 28. I came forth from the Father, and I am coming to the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Verse 29 says, His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speaketh thou plainly, and speaketh no parable. Now I wish sure that thou knowest all things, and needed not that any man should ask thee. But this we believe that thou Cameth forth from God. So when the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned the, the word God in that verse 27, that opened their eyes because you're talking, my father, my father, my father. So they say, the human means they are confused. They're talking of Joseph. They are thinking Joseph is your father. Say, my father. He said, but he's now say God. He's still talking about. Now it's like opening of the eyes, like something that is always confusing them. Show this father you're talking about. He says, his father is in me. I am in him. Show this father I'm talking about. They say, God. <gasps> oh, you are talking about God is the father. Oh, everybody knows God is in heaven. God is everywhere. And so he, that's why he said, now you understand. So now I say, oh, we are now. You came from God and you came to us from heaven. And now you are going back to God. Well, you know, that is not just saying God sent somebody on the earth because God sent people that are not here. Who are anointed upon them say, Go preach. Send me to go and preach. I'm a human being. Send them to go and preach. But he is God that came down in form of a human being. He says, Going back to the position of the Father. So that's when he mentioned that he is come from God and is going back to God. Then they understood clearly because of the opening of the eyes. And now we know what you are talking about. So now, verse 31 says, Jesus Christ said, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, ye is now come. 
that you shall be scattered every man to his soul and shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. He still refers to the Father because the Father is the Spirit. The Father God is the Spirit. And the body where he is where he's living is Jesus, the Son, which is limited to a location. See, I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good share. I have overcome the world. Just like I said, we should be of good share. He has overcome the world for us. Praise the Lord. Be of good share. I have overcome the world. God bless you. I'm going to continue this in the next broadcast. I'll go to chapter 17, which is a prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there are some deep, everything in that prayer that he prayed. God bless you.